This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I'm Bone. And I am Beam. And we have got a lot to get into today because, buddy, we're here. It's basically Christmas. I mean, it's yes. we're recording on Christmas Eve Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's by the time you listen to this, it may be Christmas Eve. It may be Christmas where you're checking this out. So for all the crew fans out there, welcome to the start of the 2021 MLS season. They never thought we'd be here, and yet here we are, opening up a brand new stadium in a few months. Very cool stuff. We're going to talk about the crew season, expectations, preview a little bit of, uh, I don't know, high points of MLS. But uh, we'll get into that. And, of course, some Champions League action as well, not just from CONCACAF, but the UEFA Champions League is pretty exciting. And now we've got the matchups for the next round. So we'll get into all of that coming up. But, Beamer, what would you think? Real Esteli came to town. They came, they saw, they went. Didn't score any goals in either leg of the matchup, and the crew pretty much cruised, uh, got the one nothing victory to seal up that tie, so they move on to the next round. Yeah, it's great, right? I mean, just uh, the entire situation, it was it was done and dusted, Bone. I mean, when they went down to Nicaragua and did what they did and scored four goals, you're thinking to yourself, fine, okay, this is good. You're going to be into the quarterfinals. You know, just uh, run someone out there, run a team out there. Hopefully there are no injuries, no more injuries, and I'm sure we were going to discuss that on the pod today, but it was about how I expected it to go. I mean, you knew going into the game, that it wasn't going to be the most exciting fair affair. Crew didn't have to do anything. It was all the pressure was on Real Esteli. You know, maybe if you get an early goal or you go up one nothing in the first ten minutes of the game and you're really pressing, then you get a second one. Then okay, maybe we can feel ourselves out and maybe get a little bit anxious. But it didn't happen. The crew were too strong for Real Esteli. Bone not a very exciting game last night, but it didn't have to be because they did their work in the first ninety minutes of the first leg. They came back to Crew Stadium, opened it up last night. It was great to see fans in attendance. And it's, you know, really getting the party started, a little three-day affair that we got, which ultimately leads up to the 5.30 kick against Philly on Sunday. But still, you did your job in the first leg. You didn't have to score another four goals in the second. You were all good. It was done and dusted when you went down to Nicaragua and did your job. Yeah, yeah. The game itself was was pretty, uh, I don't know if perfunctory is the right word, but it was, it was, you're right. The second leg was just, you could tell the announcers even were just like, I guess we're here. We'll try to find some things to talk about. We know this is going to probably be a boring game. But I saw some people saying like, because buddies of mine were texting me last night uh, when we were watching the game. And they're like, you know, hey, um, is that Zellerion guy? Is he okay? Like, why is he not playing in the first half? You know, and I'm like, right. uh, yeah, because they're up for nothing. They're not. Th- this is not even their B squad. I no. mean, th- like they ran out uh, Isaiah Parenti, who they have a lot of hope for. He is an Academy product who played at Wake Forest the last few years. They signed him. Uh, he's 21 years old. He he got to debut at Real Esteli last week. This week, he got to actually start the game, and I thought he played okay. Abubakar Keita, it seems like he's been with the team forever, but he's 21 years old. Another Academy product who's just a young kid who's growing and learning, playing at center back. Miguel Berry started the game at forward, who's yeah. like the old man of these young kids being 23 
Um, but yeah, I mean, they just, they had a lot of academy talent out on the field, which play the kids. That's ex- that's exactly what you want to do. But it was like backups were even out, right? I mean, just let's take the the case of when they, you know, started off because uh, Pedro Santos wasn't on the field to start the game. So that's your, I mean, it's going to be bet- between him and Kevin Molino, right? One of those two is going to start probably on the left or mm-hmm. Luis Diaz may get pushed out on one side and then, you know, they both start, but Neither of those guys was playing or, you know, available at least or Santos came in, I think, at halftime. But um, Kevin Molino's out for a couple months with an injury that he picked up in training, which kind of sucks. But then like Derek Etienne played for Pedro Santos in the MLS Cup final and obviously played well, scored a goal, was great in that game. He was unavailable due to a knock as well. So like the injuries and all that stuff. I mean, that wasn't even, you're like down to the, your fourth guy on the left side. <laughs> like right. that, th- these were, this was just a compilation of, we don't want to get anybody really hurt for the start of the season, which, well, that plan went out the window which after like here, three minutes which is now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they didn't want that to happen. And they also just wanted to get some of the young guys some playing time. They at least accomplished one of those goals, getting the playing time. Um, and Bradley Wright Phillips got his goal, which was nice to see. I, I was surprised when they, Put him out there. I thought, okay, not that he was starting, but I thought he'll probably play like 70, 75 minutes. He's an older player. I don't know how ready to go he's going to be. And just for all these guys, right? It's their first action. You probably want to take care of your veteran players, not have them go on a full 90 minutes. But glad Caleb Porter knows his team better than I do because left him out there. And what did he do? Scored a nice class goal right at the end of the game to get the victory. Oh, that extra feign step too. I mean, it was just that little step that he took uh-huh. which sends the goalie to his left, man. It's um it's one of those goals, Bone, where it's like, all right, you know, Bradley Wright Phillips has been around MLS for a long time and is one of the most dynamic goal scorers you've seen in the league. But just that little half step, half second hesitation, little half extra step that he took, like I said, to feign the goalie, he goes down, you go the other way with it. It's it was a it was a goal that was a savvy veteran move. You know? Yeah, it really was. It, it's it, I, I would equate it to like for baseball fans, like when you're down in the count and you got a guy who's like swinging for the fences on the first two pitches. And then, you know, the next few that come through when he takes a cut, he's dropping the head right down onto the baseball, shortening up his swing, not trying to get it out of the park, just trying to get it over the infielders. Like that's that's a veteran thing you do. That's something you learn when you've been playing the sport for a while. And yeah, Bradley Wright Phillips, that little move was just, I don't need to like hit this as hard as I possibly can. I just need to get the goalkeeper going the wrong way. And that little extra half step he took totally did that and then slotted it home, no problem. And yeah, great finish by him. So now let's talk about the Aiden Morris injury because that looked bad, yeah. man. As soon as, it, as soon as he fell down, I was the yeah. way he stopped and then fell. And then I kept looking at the numbers and I'm like, I don't see him out there and they're not talking about it. And he hasn't just trotted back on the field and uh oh, and that, 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 cause he went down and grabbed like his knee or leg and just kind of immediately stayed on the ground. And I thought, oh, that's not good. And then I thought, well, sometimes you get the little scare, you get up, you shake it off and you're fine. And then when they showed him running on the side of the field and he tried to try to go and you could tell he could barely move. And then they of course carried him out on a stretcher, which I didn't really understand why they carried him out on a stretcher because I've, I mean, how many times have we seen players just be, you know, walked out, you know, with their, uh, you know, one leg up in the air. But again, I don't know what kind of injury he had. Maybe that would have been too painful. I don't know if he, if he broke something or if he tore a ligament, I have no idea. I'm sure we'll find out more here, but yeah, that's, that looks like an injury where he's going to be out for a while. 
Yeah, it sucked, right? Because you go into this leg. This was the one thing that we were talking about when you get through to this second stage and the second leg. Okay, run through. You're playing Academy's prospects. You're playing, you know, a little bit less than your B side. So it's not to say that you don't want to give 100% of the effort anytime you're out on the field. You obviously want to do that. But I think that was the worry for crew fans, right? Because, you know, the, the game the last time against Ray Alistelli down there in Nicaragua got a little tense, you know? I mean, there were some challenges that were, uh, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty brash. And so you just look at this, this game. This was main goal number one. Obviously, the goal was to get through to the quarterfinals, which they accomplished quite easily. But your second one, maybe a 1B bone, was to be able to get through relatively healthy. And Aiden Morris, who was going to play a huge part and still could, we're obviously awaiting the word on the injury. Porter sound, uh, sounded a little bit upset about it last night. We don't know the full details on it. It's a guy who's going to play a big-time role for you, man. He stepped up and played an unbelievable MLS Cup final right here at Crew Stadium You know, just a few months ago. And so now looks, at least from the look of it, and now we're not medical doctors on this program, as you're very aware if you're listening to it, Looks pretty bad. That was your worst nightmare going yeah. into last night's game. Yeah. Well, and Caleb Porter, after the game, he had a quote where he said, I'm just sad for him because he was playing so well. He's really starting to blossom right underneath our eyes. Looks pretty bad. Yeah. Looks like it's going to be pretty bad. That's from yeah. Jacob Myers on the post game. So, yeah. yeah, that's I mean, here's the reality. Let's just I don't want to assume this. Right. But, right. you know, the job here is is we're analyzing what this team's going to be. Okay, and this kind of goes into the preview of the season, right? Uh, Aiden Morris playing on this team obviously changes them, gives them more depth, allows them to do more with their uh, roster selection as far as in the midfield. How do they want to play that? Do they want to, you know, have him starting in their most important games? Uh, is that our tour spot next to Darlington Nagby? Do they want to rest Darlington Nagby and play those two, right? That was an option that was available to Caleb Porter that he could do in some games. Now it looks like that option is probably going to be off the table for a significant part of the season, if not the entire season. So does that mean they can't still be the best team in MLS? No. No, they were the one of the best teams in MLS throughout the regular season last year without him largely playing. I mean, he played in a few games, uh, but I will I will say a guy that that – is not going to be a one-for-one one replacement by any stretch of the imagination. Perry Kitchen, who started at center back last night, Perry Kitchen's been in the MLS for 10 years. Mm -hmm. He's a veteran. He's another like old hand at this who just kind of knows how to do the savvy, smart things to help kill off a game. He is not going to replace Aiden Morris, but they do have some cover as far. It's not like Aiden Morris was your only, you know, you know, uh, defensive midfielder that you're going to have that could fill in if if there's another injury now they're really thin i mean they do have perry kitchen there too who can who can help with that roster management a bit but i'm sure this throws a big wrench into caleb porter's plans as to what he was going to do this year between managing champions league and when open cup starts back up and you know all the other competitions that the crew want to be a part of and obviously winning and they want to try to win the supporter shield they want to try yeah. to win and best regular season record and you do that by really not taking a game off and not Pull saying, well, it's a travel bone. Yeah, right. I love it. They want to win trophies, plural. I mean, that's that's the big deal here. So that Aiden Morris injury is significant. And, I, you know, I, I hate to see that that happened. Um, I don't I don't think it's like suddenly, oh, now the crew are going to struggle all year because of that. It's a big loss. Mm -hmm. But this is a really deep team is the other part of that equation.
Well, it's a magnificently deep team, and we have talked about it for the better part since they hoisted the cup in December. Some of the business that they have done and the savvy veterans that they have brought in, some of this young talent as well, they're acquiring that to not only win MLS Cup and try to defend their championship, but you're right, to win an Open Cup when that starts back up, to make a heck of a run in the CONCACAF Champions League. I mean, they're okay, you're feeling pretty good. You know, after uh, the round of 16, into the quarterfinals, you get to take on Monterey, which will be uh, great. I'm sure we can talk about that a little bit but you need these kind of depth players is it going to ruin their season from off the bat no but you know that you have a treacherous season ahead you're back to a full game schedule feeling okay about yourself u.s open cup as well more games in the champions league and so you rally all that together you're playing way more games than you did last year you're going to need those depth guys so is the season over before it began absolutely not is it a little bit worrisome some of the injuries that they have at the beginning of the year yeah i think you can say that for sure yeah um, I did see, uh, so Matthew Doyle, who's the armchair analyst and a, and a good follow on Twitter, uh, he also writes for MLSSoccerSoccer.com. Uh, he did his little preview of the season, not little, but he went through all it's the like MLS our, our teams. our podcast last year? Yeah, right. It, his is a little better and a little more in-depth, I think. Um, but yeah, notice how we didn't choose to do that this year because that was like a ton of work and, well, we just decided it's easier to probably not do that. So, um, but... He had a a tier one, tier two, tier three kind of breakdown of all the MLS teams. We're saying these teams are like it's disappointing if these teams don't win a trophy. That was his tier one. He said he's never had a category like that. He has, you know, everything has been like, well, this team is as good as anyone in MLS. Right. But he's never had a category where he has said, if this team does not win a trophy this year, this is a disappointment. The two teams in that tier were LAFC and the crew. All so, right. I mean, that that just kind of shows you how good both those teams are expected to be, right? I mean, LAFC certainly is a very talented team as well. Uh, the crew, I think, not that they would have lost to LAFC last year, but I think they were fortunate to not play them uh, just because I think that might have been a tougher matchup than what Seattle ended up presenting in MLS Cup. But uh, LAFC is legit. So they're going to be, again, the class of the league right up there with the crew, so those two teams, I mean, it will be a disappointment if those two teams are not in MLS Cup. Uh, that will be. But also what he's talking about is which one of those teams is going to win Supporters Shield. You know, uh, these are the things that LAFC will have, you know, going in, in good stead for them. So them and the crew are the two class of the field. Everybody else he kind of put below them. But the teams that he put in the next tier that are definitely trophy contenders, a uh, couple of teams that I think, you know, the crew have a long history with. One of them would be Portland. We know about their you know time in MLS Cup a few years ago. Uh, could be that Portland is that team as well. Maybe they end up being the ones that get back to MLS Cup this year. Uh, he also put Minnesota in that box, which Minnesota, good, don't forget. Good season last year. Really good. They were tremendous, and they were up on Seattle 2-0 and should have salted that game away, right? Yeah. They ended up losing it at the end, giving and up three goals. And MLS is back. Yes, and they did, right. And 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 by the way, one of the guys on that team who was very good is Kevin Molino, and now he's with the crew. So that's, you know, when he gets healthy, that's another addition that this team will have. Um, and then the, the third team that he put in that category of like they are trophy contenders is New England. And that New England game was tough as hell last year. That was a... I, I thought that was an extremely it's because hard. Because they fired game. Brad Friedel. I wonder who was to uh, <laughs> who's to blame for that one. 
Yeah, you got you got him fired by harassing him after mm-hmm. he was harassing his own players and saying someone yes. should beat him up in the parking lot, more or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the good news, they, they brought in Ray of Sunshine, Bruce Arena, to take over, and he has obviously changed that culture, even though uh, he's not exactly known for his sunny disposition either. Uh, they are obviously very good. So those are the teams to kind of keep an eye on, and the crew will start off with a team in the, the next tier that Matthew Doyle had, which was the if things go right tier, that's Philadelphia. So that's, you know, they're just coming off a Champions League matchup as well this past week. So they're going to have to recover from that to play this game in historic crew stadium on Sunday. But Philadelphia is a good team too. They lost some talent over the off season. How they replace those guys will be what pretty much determines them. But yeah, I, th- I think between those two teams that I mentioned, Philadelphia, and New England, you throw in Atlanta, now that Joseph Martinez is healthy, he was out all year last year with a torn ACL. Uh, so he returns for them. They got a new coach. They got rid of Frank DeBoer. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to be in, in a much better shape with Atlanta. So those are the teams I'm kind of watching out for in the East Beamer. But, look, the reality what about is – uh, What about my Vancouver Whitecaps, Bone? What are we uh, – uh, I think, we I, think like there's a, I think there's a struggle bus still working for Vancouver. I think they're going to still – it's still going to be tough to. It's going to be a tough year for them. Uh, they're they're trying to build, my friend, but they're not quite there yet. I um, hate that for I, them. <laughs> they're your guys. I you know love they them are. so much. You you watch all their games. That's why oh, you can't get enough of them. That's why I got ESPN Plus, so you can go watch all those games. And me and too. I got out. it this year, so I'm excited to actually watch some more games. Bone. Mm-hmm. I'm. I really. I've tried. This has been. How long have we been doing this podcast? Three years now. Three years about. Yeah. All right, so we've been doing it for three years. The first time that we did this podcast, we started it up. Like, if you go back, and I don't even know if our first episode's available anywhere. I have no clue. I don't even know if it is, honestly. I I know you have it it in your folder that we use at work, you know. Yeah, somewhere. uh, Through the the magic of, you know, getting onto our network there. But I don't know if it's available. Like, the first year of the podcast, Bone, I was absolutely oblivious to MLS. And then last year, getting into a little bit more and more. And now, with doing the podcast and actually reaching out and on my own and having neighbor Eric tell me all, fill in me, you know, everything about what's going on at MLS, I have, from... From where we started this podcast to where we are now, I feel like I have made great strides in my MLS fandom. You absolutely have. I agree with you on that. And I and I applaud your efforts in that, by the way, because, look, the reality is I think most people who – look, most Jackets fans are not sitting there watching Western Conference hockey games, right? I mean, you're paying attention to the teams that the Jackets deal with most often. You know, that's just – that's typically how I think uh, – I don't know, 60 70% of Jackets fans are, right? I think that's true for most sports like NFL is its own thing because it's all on all the time. But outside of the NFL, baseball fans typically watch the teams that are in their division and maybe some other teams that are big. But they're, you know, again, are Reds fans sitting up to watch like, you know, in in AL West matchup? No, they're not. Sure. Why not? So I don't think it's wrong that I don't uh, even watch the jackets for the last month of the season. Well, yeah, at this point, I don't think you need to because no, that's, that's done and dusted. But hopefully better mm-hmm. things next year. But no, I don't think it, it's not what I'm saying. It's not wrong to to not watch every MLS game and know every MLS player. But yeah, like I think the teams to keep an eye on this year in the East are going to be the Philadelphia's, uh, you know, the New England's and Atlanta, I think is going to be really good. Nashville could be a, an interesting team as well, just in general, although I don't think they're back in the east now see this is as bad as i am i don't even remember if they put them back in the east because last year they weren't supposed to be in as of right now they're still in the east so i eat my words they're still in the east for now so great yay for nashville they were they were a tough out last year 
right? I mean, they almost got the crew. That was an yeah. overtime game in the playoffs. So who knows what could have happened if uh, Pedro Santos and Lucas Elorayan and, and Jossie, they don't all hook up to make some magic. But they did, and we hoisted the cup. That's so. right. Um, yeah, so anyway, the short and sweet version of the MLS preview is uh, if you don't get it done, we're mad because you should be as good as anyone in the league. So there you go. Hopefully the injuries are, are okay, and hopefully they can yep. survive the Gold Cup. But yeah, I think the crew will be just fine. Take How it. excited are you for Sunday's game, by the way, before we take a break? I mean, MLS, well, you know, MLS season getting started, like, I've got a pretty good feeling about it. I'm excited for that. I am excited as well. Like, I, I'm I'm very much just right now, it's like a weird time because, you know, we've got the COVID stuff still going on, but I'm yep. getting the vaccine and all that. So I'm like, normally I would be so jacked up to go out there and watch the game. And the Christmas tailgate is one of my all-time favorite things to do. Yeah. Um, as it worked out, when I scheduled my vaccine, the second vaccine that I'm getting is at 1 p.m. on Sunday. So, like, literally, well, you should side effects shouldn't hit you until around eight bones. <laughs> so you should be you should be okay. You should be fine. Yeah, I know. I just figured I'm like, you know, I've come I've come so far. I have not gone to any of these games. I got the va- that's the day it got scheduled. So it's not even like I go out there and be out there all day. And I was like, you know what? I'll just play it safe. I'll come home. You know, let the vaccine run its course for a couple weeks. And then after all that, I'll be good to go back to games. So it's a little bittersweet in that sense that I'm not getting to go back out there. But at least I got to do the home opener last year. That was a lot of fun. I am excited to watch this team play. I am a little nervous about some of the injuries they have right now. But I, I'm, I'm, it's more about like I know one result is not going to make or break the season. But I just right. want them to come out and throttle Philadelphia like two to nothing and just all right. Put that marker up, get three points on the board, and off you go. That's that's kind of what I want to see. Israel Esteli, like let's just bottle that and have that on Sunday evening. Absolutely, I would be totally okay with that. So yeah, of course you'll hear all the action on the fan, which is uh, very good because we're the home of the crew. So that's excellent. I will take a break when we come back. Champions League. We will talk about the UEFA Champions League matchups next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. So Champions League, let's talk about it. Uh, uh, the UEFA variety. The UEFA Champions League, right. I mean, we can go into some of the... No, we'll leave CONCACAF Champions League where it is. Um, how about we start off with probably, I don't know, I think this is the biggest matchup, the most intrigue. Uh, it was PSG versus Bayern. Yeah. That was a phenomenal game and an interesting oh, one great. for sure. It was great. It was one of the best games I've watched in years, probably. Yeah, it was end-to-end action. Uh, yeah. PSG hang on. They lose the game one nothing, but they advanced on away goals 3-3 three to three on aggregate. So they are on to the next round. But I will tell you, I mean, I don't know if this is the way to say this correctly, but I don't know that I've ever seen a player have as good a game offensively as Neymar did and not have a goal. <laughs> which which could be a way of saying he had a bad game, given his job in part is to score goals, right? But like he was everywhere and and making tremendous plays left and right, and just could not find the final extra bit at the end to put it through. But I thought I thought he he looked pretty good. I just can't believe they couldn't score. But it was that was a fantastic game. 
Oh, he was mesmerizing. He was the best player on the field, bar none. It's exactly what you expect him to do, right? We talked at length a couple of weeks ago about Killian Mbappe and how he's terrifying. And at the same time, yes, he is quite indeed terrifying for defenders and the rest of the, the rest of the uh, opponents in the Champions League. But tell you what, man, that may have been Neymar's best game that I've seen him play in a PSG uniform. But you're right. I mean, the fact that he didn't score a goal, I don't know what the odds were, Bone. Like, if you go back in the time machine, just the way that he was playing and moving the ball and skipping and dancing through defenders and getting himself in I mean, dangerous scoring positions, the fact that he didn't score was like a true travesty. I mean, he deserved a goal more than anybody out on the field that night against Bayern, and he just could not get it. Neuer made a couple of really good saves. He hit the post a few times. He airmailed one. Like, it was just – he legitimately had, like – seven or eight legitimate scoring chances that were about like 85% make percentage with Neymar in space. You're thinking, okay, he's going to score this. And so you're right. He was just unbelievable. Uh, Bayern. Okay. They go crashing out. Champions are done. You feel pretty good about yourself. If you're PSG, you get over the big hump, you draw city in the next leg. No, Robert Lewandowski killed him though. I mean, you've got Chupa Moting out there. He puts in a nice goal. Okay. One nil game on, but at the same time, Without your without one of the best number tens in the planet, number nine, Robert Lewandowski, then it's just it was a tough, tough day at the office for Bayern, man. They could not break through. They had plenty of opportunities. It was uh, one of the best games, like I said, I've seen, but they just could not get through. And uh, unfortunately, they go crashing out. PSG go marching on. Yeah. Uh, I think Neymar's XG expected goals was like 17. Literally. <laughs> Literally 17. <laughs> but, you know, it, it sucks, though, for Bayern because they did have some guys out. Notably, of course, Robert Lewandowski missed both legs uh, with a knee injury. But, yeah, man, I mean, that theme is they're still look how good they are. Right. I mean, they had injuries. They had guys who had missed time for international duty. Don't have like one of their best scorers or their best scorer. Their MVP, arguably. And, and they're still hung with our, a team that may just go off and win the tournament. Like, that's just how deep Bayern is. So, yeah, it's uh, it's too bad for them, but it's okay for us because that was a great game to watch, and uh, I'm excited to see what this looks like going forward. Yeah, um, me too. Now let's go to uh, Manchester City and Dortmund. Yep. That was uh, won by City, 2-1, to 4-2 to on aggregate. Uh, first, I guess, I don't know where you want to start, but I'll start with Jude Bellingham. Uh, he's a star. He's star. legit, man. He is so good to watch, and you and you know, like, because he he's obvious. He's an English international, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's where he's he's 17 years old. He'll be coming up through the ranks very soon. But you know, the Hey Jude song is just gonna be oh, that's like all that's made for soccer banter and for the the terraces to sing like. When he makes his debut, they're just going to serenade that kid, and good for them. Like that's hopefully it'll be you know ninety thousand strong at Wembley when he makes his first appearance. Bone when he gets there, and they're going to be absolutely doing nothing but just serenading him on the field. He yeah. is a star, really damn good. Yeah, he is. Uh, so he played pretty well. Uh, the penalty on uh, Emery Chan. <laughs> what'd you think of that? Should they have called that? Yeah, I thought it was fine. I mean, I'm okay with it. No big deal for yeah. me. It's okay. just this is this is where we're at now. It's fine. Anything extended from your body, it's any part of your arm, finger, whatever, it's going to be called every single time. I think this is where we're at in world soccer. I have no problem with it. Do you? No, I thought like I couldn't tell. It, it kind of looked like it hit his head first and then his arm, but it was so close and they already had called it a penalty. Try yeah. to overrule that with VAR, I think would be tough, but yeah, I think it was it was pretty close, but some people I saw had a problem with it. I didn't think it was 
the worst one I've ever seen. Either way, uh, yeah, Mares buries a penalty, and that's that. Uh, that or not that wasn't the game, but obviously that made it a lot tougher for Dortmund. And then Phil Foden just comes in and does his thing. Oh. So sick with that goal. We're going to talk about a, another young English player, Bone, who's rising through the ranks. I mean, that guy is going to be a terror on the world stage for the better part of the next decade if he can stay healthy. Finally starting to figure it out in Pep's offense and where he fits in. He's got plenty of the talent and skill to do it, and it's just putting it all together, and he is starting to unlock those secrets big time, man. He's one of the best best young players in the world. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. Did you uh, hear the announcer when he at the end, like right after the goal scored, he goes, yes, like that. And it just it was like, come on, man. Like, I know they're all British guys doing these games, but we got it. Like, you want to see some English teams in the Champions League. I, you're you're good there. Like Manchester City has as good of a chance as anyone to win this tournament. But yeah, I thought may, maybe don't just go. Yes, like right into the microphone <laughs> after a, t- a guy scores. You could just say, "Ooh, very nice," or "Wow, what a goal!" You know, you can be different. fist pumping. You know, up in the yeah, up you can be silently fist pumping. That's fine. Yeah, and I don't even mind if it's a home team broadcast doing that. Just don't do that on the you know international broadcast that people around the world are hearing. That's that's not ideal. Yeah, we got to deal with that guy, man. Yeah, exactly. That's you, you can't do that. That's what we get yelled at. You get yelled at in press conferences or in uh, press boxes when you do that. It's not yeah, okay. I've been yelled at one time as a student broadcaster at Ohio State for cheering on the Buckeyes as a student there paying my way through school. <laughs> yeah. I literally told the guy, just I'm like, all right, man, just settle down. Like, yeah, I know. We're it's... on the camera deck. You're a cameraman. Are you really offended? Are you a Tulane fan? Right. Let's get over it. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. Like I get it when the people who work there, who their job is to keep the press box clear. Yeah. You know, sure. I get we that. Ca- we were on the camera deck when it's just like one people. of the other rank and file people. Who's also got the yes. same press pass as you. It's like, Hey man, let someone come and yell at me. Otherwise just do your job. I'll do mine. Thank you. Uh, Liverpool gets eliminated. That's a notable just because I mean, you know, them and Byron going out. That's, that's two of the big dogs, at least from the past few years of the tournament. Now they're both out. Uh, Real Madrid, of course, is going to move on. So was a kind of nothing game. It was 0-0. I, I didn't enjoy much of that game, but I don't know. No, <laughs> no, I did not. No, yeah. I did not. All right. So there you go. So, yay. Sorry, Liverpool fans. That's all we're going to talk about. With your well, team. yeah, I mean, now we're we're talking about Liverpool scratching and clawing and fighting their way to get back in the Champions League this year. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, that's, that's the, the bigger Premier story League. at this point. 52 points for them, I believe. What is it? Chelsea's or no, they're they're actually a few more points behind. West Ham has got 31 matches played and they sit on 55 points. Chelsea's right behind them with 31, 54 and 31 and Liverpool have 52 and 31. So this race for the final Champions League slot as we get here towards the end of the Premier League season that's a big time stretch for Liverpool with seven games remaining to try and get back into the Champions League because that's the only other option now that they're out of it you win you can't qualify that way so uh big time for them to try to do that yeah yeah it is so we'll find we'll be following that story as well the next few weeks see how they do uh meanwhile Chelsea they lose one nothing to Porto but that didn't matter because they already had the couple goals so they advance as well uh, nice end of the game goal there by Mehdi Tarami for Porto. Big overhead kick, bicycle, like that was thing of beauty. Didn't really matter, but still, hey, it's nice to get that moment, right? You're going to be on a highlight reel for a long time, so that was good. I thought Christian Pulisic played well in that game. That was nice to see from him. Was it a $60 million game? That's the question they always ask about Pulisic. Probably right. not, but I mean, hey, he was he was all right. He had a couple chances, couldn't finish him, but he was dangerous, and he 
was also making other players dangerous as well. So that's what you want out of him. Uh, but yeah, the matchups are set up. Real Madrid takes on Chelsea. PSG takes on City. Yeah, that's the one, isn't it? PSG Ooh, and that's City. So, that's, I mean, I'm, I know Chelsea fans are excited about getting ready to take on Los Blancos and trying to get back to... Chelsea uh, fans Champions are looking League. at this as saying we could get to a final. Like, we might of be course. able to win Champions League because Real Madrid is definitely not not as hard to put out of this tournament. But, man, they we got we got the matchup everybody wanted in the final in the semifinal between PSG and City. Yeah, that's, the matchup that everybody wanted to see in the final, in the quarterfinals between Bayern and PSG. Yeah, and true. then on top of that, back-to-back <laughs> stages, then you get PSG and City. The winner of Champions League will come from this matchup. It I will. tend, to, I tend to think so, but, man, could you imagine either of those teams, they get out of that game, and then whoever they face, if it's Madrid, if it's Chelsea, it's going to be hard for those teams to match the intensity given, you know, especially in PSG's case, what they've gone through. If they go through Bayern and City, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, and now you got to play Chelsea. You know, it's like, I mean, they would probably think we're we're better all over the field than this team. They fired their manager halfway through the year. We're ridiculously more talented. We should easily win that game, but they'll be in a final and Chelsea will be as hungry as anyone if they can do it. So I'm just saying like, the mental aspect of that will be very tough for the final, but we're not there yet. PSG actually has to beat City, and I don't know that they can. That is going to be a really great matchup, and I'm excited to watch that. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too, man. It should be a fun one. Final four coming up. I mean, it's just, it's got everything you want, right? It, it delivers year in, year out. And I love to how we're like, yeah, Real Madrid, pretty easy to knock out of the tournament. Like, yeah, they're in the semifinals. I mean, it's just. They're not you know, easy. Like, right. They're not easy to knock out. It's just. Yeah, they're, they're not like the, the, the Real Madrid of a few years ago when they're winning back to back to back Champions League. You're not that team, but you're still one of the best four teams remaining in the world. Like, okay, there's, I think they're. Maybe not up to their standards for sure, especially in La Liga, but eh, they're doing okay. They're doing just fine. I uh, I plan very well. I have a week off the week that these two games are. Look at you. I didn't even know that I did that, but I did. Uh, May 4th, 3 p.m., City and PSG. May 5th, 3 p.m., Chelsea and Madrid. Get ready for it. It's going to be great. Also, what's up? Here's my, here's my uh, weekly, you know, uh, I guess, complaining about this. Sure. Like, I know that they want to go on the Paramount Network and do that and their on-demand subscription service and CBS on-demand and all that. You have an actual sports network dedicated to CBS sports. You have the rights to play these games, and you're giving me a national sports talk radio show. What are we doing? I don't understand that. I mean, I would hope these ones. Are these ones on? I don't know. I have no clue. I have no idea. That better be on CBS, like at least on the CBS sport. Like why even have CBS sports network to your point? Maybe they won't have that at some point. Maybe they'll just ditch that and say everything's going to be on Paramount Plus. They didn't even have the Galazzo show on. They were doing that for the Europa League. Yeah. But didn't do it for the Champions League this round. It uh, was very dumb. Yeah. I got to tell you, man, I, I, I don't know why people in this country when it comes to television executives can't figure this out. It. Soccer is not a thing that you should be putting on to no. like put on put it on Paramount Plus so that I can go back and watch it, right? I mean, that's cool. I would totally pay for that to be able to go back and watch like a chopped up version of that game and the full version and like yeah, how they do how they me, used to do 90 and 30 and be in sports. Yes. Great, right? Or even give me like alternate camera angles like here you can watch that whole game, you can watch it from one end of the field, right? Just a high up 
all 22 kind of footage like in yeah. football give me that like i'll pay extra for stuff like that and i get some of the lower tier champions league games or europa league games i get those are going to be on there that's totally fine but my god the uh, Man City PSG should be on big CBS. Sorry, days of our lives or whatever. That's I don't know what you have on at three o'clock then. But yeah, that stuff needs to not be on the air. Manchester and P Manchester City and PSG should be prime time right there. Three o'clock in the afternoon on big boy CBS. No question about it. So at least I'm sure the final will be on CBS. But good Lord, do not put these games on Paramount Plus. I'm going to have to outrageous to bring a, a Roku stick with me on my on my vacation so I can make sure that I actually get to watch these games because they've got it on Paramount Plus. I'm going to be mad. Um, you can stream it on your phone, Boone. That's Don't true. Worry about it. Well, I, yeah, that's exactly right. As I'm sitting by the pool and I'll be getting yelled at by my kids like, why, why aren't you? Playing? Sorry. Got Champions League on. Shut up, kids. You. Neymar is on. Yeah, I got to watch Neymar. His, <laughs> he didn't see his sister have a birthday. So who knows? This might be his year. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. That's, right. That's it for us. Till next time. Enjoy all the soccer. Good luck to the crew this season. We will talk to you next week right here on Boat and Beam United. <laughs>